Will the claims by the director of Titanic that he has found the coffin of Jesus rock the Christian world? We'll discuss it. And will Al Gore's Oscar-winning film An Inconvenient Truth advance the global warming agenda, his political career, or both? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. My fellow Americans, <laughs> I'm going to take this opportunity right here and now to formally announce my intention. That's former Vice President Al Gore on stage at the Oscars. He received one. Awarded by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, he got a big laugh when he looked like he might make a big announcement, perhaps a presidential run. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about the Oscar for his movie, An Inconvenient Truth, and what it might mean to the global warming debate. In fact, it looks like there's a report out today that Gore's personal energy use in his home is 20 times the national average. We're going to talk about Gore and global warming at the half hour. Don't miss that. But first... A prominent film director claims Jesus' coffin has been found. We're going to bring in two New Testament scholars to discuss the possibility. Uh, could this be true? What does it mean? Let's hear filmmaker James Cameron right now talking about his find, The Coffin of Jesus. I've never doubted uh, that there was a historical Jesus, that he walked the earth 2,000 years ago. But the simple fact is that there's never been a shred of physical archaeological evidence to support that fact until, until right now. All right, that's Titanic director James Cameron saying he's found the coffin of Jesus. What does this mean to your Christianity, to your Christian faith? Stephen Fahm, a biblical scholar at the University of the Holy Land, was also interviewed on Cameron's documentary. He says Cameron's hypothesis holds little weight. I'm not convinced at all that this is, in fact, the tomb of Jesus of Nazareth. All right, Penna Dexter's here with me. It's good to be back, Penna. Uh, tell us more about this story. Well, I'm glad you're back, Dr. Johnson. And uh, we need to talk about this because it's going to be the subject of a documentary next week on the Discovery Channel. And this find was two ancient stone boxes. There were 10 small caskets, and uh, they're called ossuaries, and they typically contain bones. And uh, 
Cameron is saying that these may have contained the bones of Jesus and also one of them containing uh, his mother, Mary, and Mary Magdalene. Now, uh, they did some DNA testing on uh, Jesus and Mary Magdalene, saying they're not the same DNA, so they're assuming that they were married. There's also one that has uh, the name on it, Judah, son of Jesus. So they're saying that Mary Magdalene and Jesus had a child. This is all being surmised from this find. And of course, James Cameron, the director of the Titanic, has made this document. Documentary. And, uh, you know, this is going to mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. There are some problems with it. And one is that uh, one scholar says you can't really read the names well on it. And so that uh, some people have assumed that this is Jesus, but it may not be the name Jesus. Also, uh, most Christians believe that Jesus' body spent three days at uh, the site of the Church of the Holy uh, Sepulchre. This uh, find was several miles away, nowhere near the church, but in Jerusalem. So we have to unpack this today. We have to help people understand what this means as this documentary comes out. All right, folks, the number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. There's archaeological questions we want to talk about, scholarship, uh, the DNA evidence and so forth, the names on the coffins. The big question would be, what does this do to your doctrine of Easter, the doctrine of resurrection? What does this do to the Christian faith? Would it discredit the Christian faith if someone discovered the bones of the body of Jesus or his remains in a casket. And with us to talk about this question and other questions, Dr. Ben Witherington. He is professor of New Testament interpretation at Asbury Theological Seminary. Welcome, Dr. Witherington, to the program. It's good to be with you. Dr. Witherington, uh, you have blogged on this uh, discovery, so-called today. Is this a titanic hoax? What do you make of it? How should we think about it? Well, I don't think it's a hoax. I just think that we've got people who uh, are engaging in wish fulfillment who, whose uh, evidence is far outrun by their enthusiasm for a particular point of view. And uh, so uh, what we're dealing with is not really a documentary on Sunday, but a docudrama. And uh, so the truth of the matter is that if we look at the historical and the archaeological evidence that we've known about this tomb since 1980, We've known that there were nine ossuaries in this tomb. We've known the names that were on the tomb. And until now, uh, no scholars have suggested this was actually the tomb of Jesus. Why the change? Well, they claim they did some DNA testing, and they claim they ran some statistics, and voila, we have it, the tomb of Jesus. Now, the problems here are too numerous to list in a short span of time, but here's three. They did DNA testing, not on bones. There weren't actually bones in these boxes. So make no bones about it. There were no bones in these boxes (laughs) anymore. There were trace shards, perhaps, of bones uh, in the box that has Jesus' name and in the box that has Mariamne, which they're claiming is Mary Magdalene. Now, when they ran the DNA test, they discovered these two people do not share a common DNA. Okay, that's fair enough. Therefore, they concluded they must have been married. Hmm, what's a big wrong leap. with this picture? <laughs> what's wrong with this picture? I mean, yeah. that is such an uh, enormous leap of, uh, leap of logic. These are extended family tombs. These are tombs that would include slaves, more distant relatives that you had no direct DNA connection with, all of those sorts of things. So this, the, just that conclusion alone is far-fetched. We also have no evidence whatsoever uh, of a 
the fact that Jesus got married or that he had a child named Jude. And one of the ossuaries has the name Jude, son of Jesus, on it. But we have no such record of any such uh, offspring uh, of Jesus, and never mind that there was a Mrs. Jesus. So this is a lot of conjecture based on very little evidence. And the tomb itself is a middle-class tomb, and it's in the wrong place. We know where James was buried. Eusebius, the church historian, tells us he was buried within sight of the Temple Mount. You could walk there from the Temple Mount, says Eusebius. There was a monument there, and Christian pilgrims would come from for centuries to find... You're talking about where the, Jesus was buried, correct? The tomb of James, James not the Talpiot yes. tomb. Nowhere near the Talpiot yeah, tomb. Yeah. So uh, the truth of the matter is that, A, they've got the wrong tomb. B, it's too high-class a tomb to be for Jesus' family anyhow. Uh, and so this is much ado about nothing, really. All right, let's listen for a moment to James Cameron saying he's got hands-on evidence about the life of Jesus. What this film and the investigation that the film shows uh, uh, is able to bring to, the, to light is, for the first time, tangible, physical, archaeological, and in some cases, forensic uh, uh, evidence. Physical, archaeological, and forensic evidence. Uh, Dr. Witherington, isn't it kind of hard for, uh, for anyone, when they hear those kind of big words, to, to critique this kind of a claim? Well, you know, if you don't know what the actual hard data is, right. I suppose so. But the emperor has no clothes. We do know what the data is. And the truth of the matter is that names like Jesus and Mary and Joseph well, it'd be like going to a cemetery and finding tombstones with the name Smith and Jones. <laughs> right. These were exceedingly common names in antiquity. And even the combination of names is not unusual or statistically uh, unlikely. So, you know, we really, we're not, we're dealing with one conjecture piled on another conjecture, piled on a con another conjecture. And here's another little interesting twist. The so-called Mary Magdalene Ossuary, the names actually there, which are in Greek, have Mariamne a Mara. Now, that means either Mary, who is known as Martha, or it means Mary and Martha. So maybe we've got the tomb of Lazarus and his family, <laughs> but for sure we don't have the tomb of Jesus. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Dr. Ben Witherington. We're talking about... James Cameron of Hollywood claiming today that he's found the casket, the coffin of Jesus, and claiming that there were bones or shards of bones, or at least enough to give DNA, DNA evidence. I've got to ask you, Dr. Witherington, now the doctrinal question, because you're a Christian theologian, you teach Christian theology, uh, New Testament interpretation at Asbury. And uh, on the one hand, I can see in these press conferences where Cameron has been quoted as saying he's not trying to disprove the resurrection. On the other hand, he's saying that there were bones here, or he's taken these uh, DNA tests from bones or remains or shards of bones. Uh, can he really have it both ways? Doesn't the Christian doctrine of resurrection uh, demand, in essence, that the tomb be empty? Well, indeed, I would say the answer to that is yes, because in early Judaism, the word resurrection from the dead 
had one meaning and one meaning only. It meant something that happened to a body that was previously deceased. Uh, and so resurrection is not just having a vision, having a dream, having some sort of mass hallucinatory experience. Resurrection involves something that happened to Jesus, not in the first instance something that happened to his disciples. So, yes, you, you certainly can't have it both ways. And Paul makes that perfectly clear. He, he says, if Christ is not raised, our faith is in vain, you're still in your sins. Ergo, the death of Jesus didn't help us any if Jesus isn't raised from the dead bodily. So, of course, there are theological implications to this. And it's disingenuous to say, well, you know, this really doesn't affect your faith in the risen Jesus or the risen Lord. This is, this is nonsense. You've redefined resurrection to come to that conclusion. Dr. Ben Witherington, Professor of New Testament Interpretation at Asbury Theological Seminary, thank you for being with us today. You are most welcome, and if your folks want more data, I give them two things. First of all, they can look at my book, What Have They Done With Jesus, published by Harper. And secondly, I'll give them the advice my granny gave me. Don't be so open-minded, your brains fall out. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Witherington. You're welcome. Well, folks, today, Titanic director... James Cameron claims he has found the coffin, the casket of Jesus. Isn't it interesting that around Easter every year, around Christmas every year, Penna, we get these stories, some new revelation, some new twist. Usually it's heretical. Usually it discredits the gospel. Mm -hmm. Usually it would really undermine uh, the reason for the season, so to speak. Uh, instead of them reporting, on the, the great miracle, the great story of the gospel, they always try to find some twist, uh, some turn that shows they have some new line, some inside information, and it's actually an undermining of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen to James Cameron again say his goal isn't to undermine Christianity with this new It film. celebrates the real-life existence of these people, this man who 2,000 years ago um, uh, had, had, a, had a vision and communicated it to people, and in a viral way it spread, it spread around the world. A viral way. We'll talk about that when we come back. But he says, the real-life existence, I'm trying to prove the real-life existence of Jesus Christ. But at what price, folks? To prove that he was a man, but that he didn't raise from the dead, or that he got married and had children afterwards, that he did not ascend, as the Scriptures say? Does this, in fact, undercut the doctrine of the resurrection, and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll take your calls when we come back, 800-881-9270. Call us. We'll be right back. A legacy of equipping believers, training leaders to be effective in their walk with Christ. The Heritage continues at the Criswell College in Dallas, and you can see it firsthand. Thursday, March 1st, come to Preview Day and learn how an education at the Criswell College will prepare you for a future of ministry and a lifetime of service. The Criswell College will grow you spiritually and academically and focus your Christian worldview. Come meet the professors, have lunch, and pick from a list of classes to observe firsthand and ask any questions you may have. Your reservation is waiting for Preview Day, March 1st. Call 800-899-0012. That's 800-899-0012. And you'll find more details on the web at criswell.edu. 
Take advantage and see the worldwide opportunities that Criswell College can afford you as a full-time student or with classes to round out a biblically-based education. Call 800-899-0012 and reserve your place at Preview Day at the Criswell College in Dallas. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. A better name for Al Gore's film is not an inconvenient truth, but a convenient untruth, convenient for him uh, to, to alarm the people for his own political advantage. That's Pastor Jerry Falwell, uh, one-time founder of The Moral Majority, uh, critiquing Al Gore's Academy Award-winning film, An Inconvenient Truth. When we come back in the next segment, we're going to do an expose of this film and of Al Gore's agenda. Don't miss that. But first, what about this report that the casket of Jesus was found? Penna, tell us the story. Well, one blogger says, uh, one blogger says, brace yourself, James Cameron, the man who brought you the Titanic, is back with another uh, blockbuster. This time, the ship he's sinking is Christianity. He denies that, uh, but he says that he's found a casket with Jesus. Mary Magdalene, who he says was married to Jesus, according to DNA evidence, and uh, his mother Mary, and maybe even the quote-unquote son. So basically what he's saying, he's celebrating uh, the manhood, the humanity of Jesus, uh, and he is really claiming the high ground on this, Dr. Johnson. In fact, uh, James Cameron said it's not his goal to undermine Christianity with this new film. It celebrates the real-life existence of these people this man who 2,000 years ago um, had, had, a, had a vision and communicated it to people, and in a viral way, it spread, it spread around the world. A viral way. What does he mean by that? Of course, if you don't believe in the supernatural aspect of the gospel, that this was the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And by the way, the message of the early church was the resurrection as much as, or maybe more than, the cross. If you read the book of Acts, it is the resurrection that Paul preaches, that Peter preaches, um, that Stephen preaches. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was the power of the gospel in the books of, book of Acts and that gave the early church its power and its growth. It wasn't viral. It was uh, supernatural in power. He says, oh, I want to celebrate the existence of this man. But again, at what price? At uh, neutering the gospel taking out the resurrection. We've got callers on the line. We want your thoughts, your questions. The number is 800-881-9270. We've got Bob on the line. Bob, what are your thoughts? Yes, Dr. Johnson, I think, uh, like the Titanic, I think he has hit an iceberg himself. And I think we should uh, just go back to what the Scripture says, that Joseph uh, came to Pilate and asked for the body, and uh, then uh, in Scripture, in uh, Matthew 27, 29, it says that, Pilate, uh, I mean, uh, Joseph took the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and he laid it in the tomb, and then he rolled the large stone against the door and departed. And uh, there was no mention of the... Uh, no coffin, the no casket. There was a, a tomb, a kind of a cave, kind of a grave. Not really a casket. You're right. This kind of a finding goes against a prima facie reading of the New Testament documents. Well, thanks for calling, Bob. Let's go to the next call. Noza from South Lake. Uh, Noza, what do you make of this story? Yeah, good afternoon, Mr. Johnson. Um, actually, I, I really believe it's uh, ludicrous what uh, Mr. Cameron is initiating. 
I think he's just on an ego trip. Well, in terms of the impact on the Christian faith, for me, it's, uh, it really makes no difference. Uh, I gave my life to Jesus at the age of 14. Uh, my conviction came not just from a cerebral expression or understanding of the gospel. There was a, a divine intervention in my life. You know, for the past 30 years, I followed Jesus, and I don't really need any archaeological finds, even if it was true, to, to buttress my faith. Uh, what I would just say is that um, it shows the, the need for Christians to really get into Scripture and understand uh, the move of God and the way God has expressed himself over the ages. I mean, I would trust Luke more than Mr. Cameron. <laughs> yes. You will be saved by many, many infallible proofs. What say? That Jesus proved himself to be alive. That's in the f- first chapter of the book of Acts. And I think uh, that's a that's a great scripture Noza, to go to because there's a lot of evidence. You know, Cameron said in that first quote, there's not one shred of historical evidence. Well, there's a lot of evidence. We've got the empty tomb. We've got the supernatural growth of the early church. We've got the martyrdom of the early disciples, the first apostles. Uh, you know, many people die for a cause, maybe, but uh, not a cause that they know to be false. And if these apostles were in on some kind of a conspiracy, as uh, some of the the uh, theorists who try to undercut the resurrection claim, uh, why would these apostles die for a lie that they knew was a lie? And so you've got a lot of evidences. Uh, even the Jewish historian Josephus writes about the historicity of the man Jesus. There's, you know, Cameron's completely off base to say there's not a shred of historical evidence. The Jewish historian Josephus, and actually Josephus, um, makes a very strange claim about the resurrection. Even though he wasn't a Christian, Josephus talks about uh, the reality of of Jesus being raised. It's a a very odd kind of a reference. We've got Charles on the line from Dallas. Charles, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm not the brightest bulb in the box here, but I was wondering, this guy claims that he has DNA evidence to prove that this is Jesus and Mary, but where does this numbskull come up with with DNA to, to compare it to? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Exactly, that's an excellent question. You've got to have uh, a match, and we don't have the match. All uh, you know, what's very interesting. This is an example of playing, you know, a big word is some kind of a trump card. He said we've got archaeological evidence, we've got scientific evidence, we've got forensic evidence, DNA, and everybody's supposed to then concede the argument. All the DNA showed was that the man in the casket and the woman in the other casket were not blood relatives. By no means could anyone claim that we know from DNA that we have Mary or we have Jesus or somebody else. There's nothing to compare it to. Very good observation. There are some huge leaps here, and I I find it presumptuous that James Cameron says that uh, the statisticians found that in the range of a couple million to one, his documentary's conclusions are proven. That's what he said. And really all he's doing is saying that he is proving that Jesus was a man and that he walked the earth. He won't admit that what he's really doing is trying to disprove uh, the deity of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And as you said, Dr. Johnson, these things come out every year just before Easter. We'll probably see it on the covers of Time and Newsweek. We've got Steve on the line from Granbury. Steve, what do you make of this story? Hi, right, Dr. Johnson. I, I pretty much had the same observation as your previous caller about the comparing the <laughs> DNA to some uh, reference. Um, but I also wanted to make a, a comment about, uh, I think it's interesting that the resurrection is what's in question here. And with all the stuff going on with Islam, 
Islam's biggest issue with Christ is also, did the resurrection really happen? They don't seem to deny him as a, uh, as a person who existed or was even a, a prophet, but they seem to deny the, the resurrection. And this kind of falls in line with the political correctness that uh, everybody wants to be with Islam right now. Thanks for calling, Steve. You know, the fact is, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul says, I'm giving you the gospel, the gospel, the good news of Christianity. Here it is. It's three points. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And he was seen by over 500, by hundreds of people. That is the good news. That is the gospel. Without the resurrection, you have no gospel. Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, If Christ is not risen, our preaching is empty, and your faith is empty, and you're yet in your sins. And so without the resurrection, we have no Christianity. There's a famous old Christian theologian, a liberal, who said, You know, if they found the body of Jesus tomorrow, it wouldn't affect my Christian faith. Well, that's because he really doesn't have a real kind of a Christian faith. A real kind of a Christian faith must say the tomb is empty. Jesus Christ is risen. Without that, we have no hope, no gospel. We have only a false religion and, and a myth instead of a Savior. We've got John on the line from Keller. John, how do you see this story? Well, let's go on to, to Dwayne from San Angelo. Dwayne, what do you think of this story? It's bunch of bunk because uh, just yesterday in church we studied in the book of John twenty and chapter twenty and chapter twenty one. It's very clear that uh, Jesus rose again, and there is no casket. There's there is an empty tomb nowadays. That's all. So hey, thanks, Dwayne. You're right. The scriptures are very clear. I want you to listen to Stephen Fawn. He's a biblical scholar at the University of the Holy Land. Folks, this story goes all the way back to 1980. I just don't get Cameron resurrecting this stuff. We're told here in the press release that they found this in a warehouse, basically because this story had been rejected. This theory had already been discarded, and he's trying to resurrect um, this, this story. But uh, Stephen Fawn says that... Um, he was interviewed for the documentary, and he says he just doesn't buy this story. I see more clearly the name Hanun there than I can see the name Jesus. So Jesus may not be in this tomb at all. No Jesus, even though there are many Jesuses back in that day. So along with Dr. Witherington, uh, Dr. Fawn is saying here, look, it's not even clear that the name on the casket that supposedly would go with Jesus, it's not even clear that they've got their name right. Fawn went on to say why he agreed to be interviewed. I took part in this documentary because I feel that there should be at least some credible uh, peer review in terms of how, in fact, the story is told, what the facts are. And then Fawn said he just finds the hypothesis unlikely. I'm not convinced at all that this is, in fact, the tomb of Jesus of Nazareth. Folks, we'll stay on this story. In fact, later in the program, we've got a leading New Testament scholar right here from our neighborhood, Dr. Daryl Bach from Dallas Theological Seminary. We'll also take your calls at 800-881-9270. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Al Gore, the movie, An Inconvenient Truth. He was uh, the rage of the Oscars last night. And... Um, what do we make of the message, the political message? He says this is not about politics, it's a moral issue. 
He's asking you to change your lifestyle, but is Al Gore willing to change his? We're going to look at a study that shows he's using over 20 times the amount of energy than the average American home. We come back, global warming, inconvenient truth or myth? We'll be right back. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, last night, the Academy Awards, most people thought they were boring, but actually Al Gore was featured prominently several times, and he won an award for his film, An Inconvenient Truth. Let's listen to a little bit of Al Gore here. Early this morning, Hurricane Katrina slammed into New Orleans. Is it possible that we should prepare against other threats besides terrorists? From Paramount Classics comes a film that has shocked audiences everywhere they've seen it. The Arctic is experiencing faster melting. If this were to go, sea level worldwide would go up 20 feet. Seven inches. This is what would happen in Florida. Around Shanghai, home to 40 million people. The area around Calcutta, 60 million. Not Here's true. Manhattan. The World Trade Center Memorial would be underwater. Think of the impact of a couple hundred thousand refugees, and then imagine a hundred million. We have to act together to solve this global crisis. Our ability to live is what is at stake. Well, after a long and arguably very boring Academy Awards program, we are left with no surprise in the best documentary category. Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth picked up an Oscar. So did the song from the movie sung by Melissa Etheridge. And, uh, you know, the question we have is, is this going to further legitimize the half-truths contained in the film? And uh, make no mistake, there are half-truths and even lies in this film. Also, another question to ask is, will this advance Al Gore's moral crusade to wean the world off of fossil fuels? Uh, this will really level the worldwide economy, uh, bringing the developed nations down to the level of many underdeveloped nations. It'll change the lifestyle of Americans and citizens citizens of other developed countries, and uh, there are a lot of repercussions to uh, the fix to global warming, which uh, in some people's mind is basically junk science. With us to discuss this is the uh, Media Research Center's Research Director, Rich Noyes. Rich, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks very much for having me. Uh, do you think, uh, first of all, that Al Gore should have won an Academy Award for this movie? Well, I mean, it, it, Hollywood had already pretty much made its... Um made its vote when it, it, it had its talent sort of line up to, uh, to help Al Gore put his, you know, this is a, a slideshow Al Gore had been delivering on college campuses, and Hollywood just fell in love with it and pulled it together and gave him the best talent and the best production values to make it a, and the best marketing to make it a big blockbuster movie. It, uh, you know, it didn't do particularly well in the marketplace. It, it's, it's not, um, you know, the kind of movie-going fair that most, most people want to see. But uh, but Hollywood was forced. Well, as you heard, this great enthusiastic reaction when they were listing the nominees for uh, for best documentary. They said Al Gore and Inconvenient Truth, and everybody just went uh, and in the in the Hollywood audience there uh, live at the Academy Awards was very excited about this. So I I don't think it's it's 
in the slightest bit of surprise. And, you know, Hollywood... Well, Rich, there's one, uh, there's some critics who have said that it's not a documentary. A documentary is based on fact and truth, and there were things in here that are not true. If you look at some of the other documentaries that are up there, they're also sort of these things that are sort of appealed to to Hollywood ideas. There's one about a, a Christian camp that a lot of people think makes... Uh, pokes fun at uh, at Christian kids. There's there's uh, left wing documentaries about the war in Iraq. I mean, this is this is Hollywood saluting the kinds of things they wish was uh, sort of everyday news. I mean, what what's most fascinating is that this is a, a documentary that, for all of its flaws, for all of its one sided approach to this this story, has been the recipient of news coverage now that is that is three, four, five times as long as the movie itself. Just the accumulated. Uh, media talking about this, news media sort of giving this the, the christening of news, and that's where it really validates it, is when news people take the same message and talk about it as if it is the unvarnished truth, not just one side of the story. That's when people really get their minds uh, 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 believing that there's really no other side of this global warming story when there, when there really is. Well, Rich, we look at uh, the reports about global warming, and you know some people, even conservatives, are now buying the science and saying that global warming is occurring. But what I think, you know, whether you buy that or not, what uh, the fix is really what uh, we're looking at here. And the media seems to think that you know we have to basically put draconian caps on the use of fossil fuels to fix this. And you know the question is, would it even fix it? And uh, right. you know, and the other question is what would this do to the economies of the developed countries? Well, it, it, the way you say it is, is interesting because that's how they've sort of gotten this scientific consensus. The idea that there's global warming, well, it's, it is true. I think everybody agrees that over the course of 1900 to the year 2000, uh, all the temperature measurements show the Earth got about one degree Fahrenheit warmer. Uh, so the Earth has warmed, the globe has warmed. Uh, but the whole debate is about whether or not the the activities of mankind, the economic activities of mankind, has had any real uh, effect on this that you can really measure, and that if mankind changed its habits, uh, would this do any good? Uh, and whether or not uh, the, the the big changes, the fix as you called it, uh, would would it be more beneficial to the environment, or would it be so detrimental to humanity that we shouldn't do it anyway? We should just adapt to a slightly warmer planet. And I think that that is not where they want to have the debate. I mean, you've seen, you heard from the snips of the Al Gore movie, the debate that they want to have is over that the end is near, the earth is, is going to be destroyed, there's going to be all these horrible things happening, so don't even bother to think about the costs or consequences of their prescribed cure. Just race right out and buy it. It's sort of a, it's a slick sales job. But, uh, you know, that's, that's where we are now. They only want to talk about the horrible things that will happen if we don't immediately adopt their particular prescription, which is, you know, no way to have a fair debate. Well, it's not a fair uh, debate. And Rich Noyes from the Media Research Center, thank you for making that point with us today. We appreciate your being with us. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Dr. Johnson, when we look at what's reported in the media, he is absolutely right. There's really no questioning. And the really these uh, conclusions that Al Gore makes in the movie are still up for debate. Well, I want to point out two or three things in that trailer that were mentioned. Uh, An Inconvenient Truth is the title of that film. He makes a claim in that movie that um, it's going to be 20 feet of flooding if um, the ice caps mm-hmm. melt, as he's predicting. Mm-hmm. But the IPCC, that is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, it just reported out last month. It was a huge story. No conservative group. They went all the way down to a maximum of 17 inches of flooding, down to a low of 5. They said it's going to be between 5 and 17 inches of flooding, not 
20 feet. Another thing in that trailer was Katrina. Katrina. And everyone predicted that this last hurricane season would be even worse than the Katrina season. We didn't have that at all. Gore, wrong. Two strikes there. He's out. And on the hypocrisy count, I just want to mention the Tennessee Center for Policy Research released this uh, February 26, 2007. Today, Gore's home uses more than 20 times the national average of personal energy use. He's not practicing what he preaches. More to come, more to follow on this topic. But the hot topic today, the claim by Titanic movie director James Cameron that he has found the tomb, the casket, the grave, the coffin of Jesus. He says Jesus and Mary and their child and... Um, He's saying he's not trying to disprove the resurrection, but in fact, does this claim undercut historic Christianity? With us to talk about it, our friend Dr. Darrell Bach, New Testament scholar, professor of New Testament studies at Dallas Theological Seminary. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Bach. Well, it's good to be back. Last time it was Da Vinci, today it was Titanic. Yes, there they go again. Round up the usual suspects. You know, is there something seasonal about this, Dr. Bach? Oh, it seems like You get Easter and Christmas, you're going to get a debunking Christianity story. <laughs> That's part of what's going on here. Well, tell our listeners uh, how to think about this story Christianly. Well, I think the best thing to do is just take three deep breaths, stay calm, and let, uh, let the Christian scholars respond to what's going on here, as well as some of the real genuine archaeologists who are out there. There are already people from Israel who are Jewish who are responding to this, as well as any Christian set of writers could, in terms of the lack of credibility of the kind of connecting the dots, the attempt to connect the dots that James Cameron and his crew are trying to do. There are just every step in this argument has something in it that can be challenged, and every step needs to be right for this position to be sustainable. So right. it, it really is a very problematic, obviously, uh, presentation that is shrouded in a lot of seemingly uh, credible DNA forensics, etc. I've actually seen the show. I saw it two weeks ago. I was on a non-disclosure for two weeks as I uh, gave my response to the Discovery Channel as, as to what was going on here. And, uh, and so I know what the argument is at each stage. A lot of people who are commenting on this haven't seen the show yet, but I have. And I can tell you as you walk through the pieces, there are several problems. I posted a blog today on www.bible.org that goes through nine problems that, uh, that this claim has. And it has to be right on every one in order for the claim to be sustained. We're talking to Dr. Daryl Bach. He teaches at Dallas Theological Seminary. Dr. Bach, you're going to hold over, I think, to the next segment. But could you just tease us about 45 seconds, talk about one of those claims that you think is on uh, shifting sand? The idea that there is a family tomb of Jesus in Jerusalem itself is a problem, the very starting point. And why is that? Because his family was from Galilee, and they were just down there as pilgrims to observe a festival in Jerusalem, and were headed back until Jesus was crucified. That means they would have to buy this family tomb as the relatives of Jesus who was crucified. That's already a problem. Hey, give us that website again. www.bible.org Dr. Daryl Bach teaches New Testament at Dallas Theological Seminary. When we come back, we'll go maybe over those other eight facts. Uh, theories, uh, points, 
that must be covered. And I want to talk about what this means uh, for the Christian faith if, if someone claimed they found the body of Jesus. Would it undercut the entire Christian faith? We'll talk about 1 Corinthians 15 with Dr. Daryl Bach when we come back. It's Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We'll be right back to talk about the Titanic hoax of James Cameron. A legacy of equipping believers, training leaders to be effective in their walk with Christ. The Heritage continues at the Criswell College in Dallas, and you can see it firsthand. Thursday, March 1st, come to Preview Day and learn how an education at the Criswell College will prepare you for a future of ministry and a lifetime of service. The Criswell College will grow you spiritually and academically and focus your Christian worldview. Come meet the professors, have lunch, and pick from a list of classes to observe firsthand and ask any questions you may have. Your reservation is waiting for Preview Day, March 1st. Call 800-899-0012. That's 800-899-0012. And you'll find more details on the web at criswell.edu. Take advantage and see the worldwide opportunities that Criswell College can afford you as a full-time student or with classes to round out a biblically-based education. Call 800-899-0012 and reserve your place at Preview Day at the Criswell College in Dallas. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I've never doubted uh, that there was a historical Jesus, that he walked the earth 2,000 years ago, but the simple fact is that there's never been a shred of physical, archaeological evidence to support that fact until, until right now. All right, that's filmmaker James Cameron. Director of the Titanic, Titanic, he says there's not been a shred of historical evidence for the man Jesus. With us to talk about this, Dr. Daryl Bach, he teaches New Testament Dallas Theological Seminary. Dr. Bach, what do you make of that claim that up until today there's not been a shred of historical evidence? Well, actually, that's not the claim. Carefully, listen to him carefully. There's not a shred of physical evidence. Mm that Jesus Christ existed, which is a fancy way of saying there's been no direct archaeological evidence of Jesus' existence in terms of having anything that directly connects to him. Actually, that is also wrong, because if the James ossuary uh, is in fact authentic, then three years ago we discovered the body of uh, the remains, or the burial box of the remains of James, and that also was connected to Jesus, and that's physical evidence. And his group is claiming that, aren't they? Some of the same people that are supporting him are still standing by the James Ossuary story, aren't they? Well, actually, some conservative Christians are standing by the James Ossuary story. It is very much debated as to whether or not Mm. it actually goes back to James or not, and that's not been a matter of conservative or liberal. They're just trying to deal with the nature of the evidence. Right. But having said that, um, this idea that this is, that this, box is actually Jesus. Actually, all that we know that it is, is a first century burial box in which someone named Jesus, their remains were placed, were placed in this box. And this box comes from the first century because these ossuary were uh, only being used in a, in a period of a century in Judea's history. 
Uh, Dr. Daryl Bach is with us. And uh, Dr. Bach, you came into the show saying the last time you joined us was to talk about the Da Vinci Code. And of course, in the Da Vinci Code, they talk about a relationship between Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And this is being claimed with regard to this find because of quote unquote DNA evidence. But all we saw or all they're seeing is two different people in two different caskets with different DNA, which leads someone to believe that these two were married and it was Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Yes, that's right. As I like to say, if we were to test your, if you were to test Jerry's DNA, okay, or your DNA, and we were to ask how many people would you not have a DNA match with? Lots of candidates. Countless. The <laughs> DNA proves nothing here other than the boxes that were in that uh in that tomb had people who are not who are not biologically related to one another. That's all it proves. Okay, another question that I have is that uh, this was discovered in 1980, so experts in the field have known about this for many, many years. That's right. Why the have the they not brought it out? Been, and the catalogs of the names of these uh, burial boxes have, have been known and enlisted in a very famous book out of Germany uh, since 2002. So this has been around a while, exactly right. So do you think this is uh, James Cameron's way of just uh, producing another blockbuster? <laughs> uh, perhaps. I mean, I think that what's happened here, he says he's a layman who, who want, doesn't claim to be an archaeologist, and I think that some people have pulled uh, serious wool over his eyes. Using his name to Using promote their cause. Using his name and his money in the process. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Hey, let's go back to um, some of the New Testament material, because uh, I'm, I'm looking now at... Um, these eight points, nine points that you've put together. And uh, one of the messages of the early church was certainly the resurrection in the book of Acts. As much as the cross was preached, the resurrection was preached in the book of Acts. And and you make a point here about how difficult this would have been um, for the early church to have pulled off this kind of, uh, of a hoax. If Christ, if Jesus actually were in the grave, and they knew it, yet they were out there preaching that the tomb was empty. Uh, just explain that, would okay, you? Okay, I'm going to go through several steps here. Okay, we've got a family from Galilee that's coming down to basically observe as pilgrims uh, Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay, they're not planning to stay, they're planning to go home. Uh, which means they're not from this area, their family tomb isn't in this area, their family tomb would be up in Galilee. They come down, Jesus is executed. Okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say they decided to stay in Jerusalem. Now they've got to buy a family tomb, okay? They've got to buy a family tomb as controversial figures who would be known because of the issues associated with Jesus' crucifixion. They've got to buy that family tomb. They've got to steal the body. They've got to put it there. They've got to let it decay for a year. They're going to build an ossuary, a bone box. They've got a year to do that because they allow the bones to decompose for a year, and then they put the bones in this box. And on that ossuary, for someone they highly regard, they basically write the name of Jesus in a graffiti-style script, okay? And then, having done all that, they're going to go out and preach that there actually was an empty tomb, and they know that Jesus was raised from the dead, and there is no body, and there are no bones. Absolutely implausible. Dr. Daryl Bach teaches at Dallas Theological Seminary right here, our neighbor. Let me ask you a final question, Dr. Bach, and that is, let's suppose for a moment uh, this claim that uh, there were bones or shards of bones, and I've seen where Cameron says he's not trying to debunk the resurrection, but on the other hand, he's saying he's got some physical remains to, 
to work with, to do DNA testing um, on. I mean, as a Christian theologian, he really can't have it both ways, can he? I mean, No, not at all. What he's arguing is, is that they could believe in a spiritual resurrection, but the Church never believed in a spiritual resurrection. And our earliest witness, written witness, that we have a record from, Paul makes it clear that he is preaching a Jewish, basically a Jewish view of resurrection, a bodily resurrection, which we can know from Second Maccabees 7 is what the Jews believed in, not a mere spiritual resurrection where the body remains and the spirit kind of wanders up to heaven. Dr. Darrell Bach, professor of New Testament studies at Dallas Theological Seminary. Give us that website again. www.bible.org. All right, folks, you can get the scoop on this documentary. Thank you, Dr. Bach. You're very welcome. All right, folks, tomorrow we'll be having the producer of the new film Amazing Grace. Incredible film about William Wilberforce and uh, his effort to abolish slavery in Great Britain. Also about the hymn Amazing Grace and Pastor Newton who wrote it, who was himself a slave trader and later uh, converted. Well, who said this? Just do it. Not Nike. Uh, Who said this? Just do it. Just pick up a camera and start shooting something. James Cameron said that. It's one of his maxims, one of his laws of movie production. And I think Pena, that's what he did. That's what he did. He just picked up the camera and started shooting something. He doesn't know the New Testament. He doesn't know archaeology. This, though, goes to the heart of the gospel. Paul says the good news in 1 Corinthians 15 is this, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and He rose again on the third day according to the Scripture. And He was seen by hundreds. There's a lot of evidence for the historicity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's Jerry Johnson Live. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.